Please be seated. When I read today's text, it's hard for me to not think of Timberwood Church. So again, we're just going to have a little fun, right? Because it's been a while since we've had some fun. So our, our juggling refresher, okay, this is a jug. Okay, you just go like that, okay? And then we build on the skill very quickly, right? So now when this one hits the top, then we're going to throw this one. So this one, then like that, okay? When this one, like that, right? Now, here comes the tricky part, right? And you go like this. And you're all, yeah, isn't that cool? So when I think about Timberwood Church, I think about this text. When I think about this text, I think about Timberwood Church. You know, back in the 1980s, there was a gentleman and his wife, a woman and her husband, who started praying for Timberwood Church. I mean, the prayers and the ideations started back in the, oh, well, I'll throw that one away. Whoa, watch out! Seriously! Has it been that long? Apparently it has. Here comes another one. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for the empty rows very intentionally, right? Yeah, it's because I'm such a great throw. Okay, at any rate, so in the 80s, right, there the prayers, the ideation for Timberwood Church, you know. Oh, you're looking at... Oh, if I wouldn't have hit the ceiling, I would have gotten to you, Jamie. You're looking at me like, he's not going to throw it at me. Yes, I am. I'm just having, it's so good to be here. I just can't tell you. So like back in the 80s, started praying. Okay, and then fast forward like 20 years, right? And there was this uh, six couples met in a basement of a home just a few miles away from here. And, and, and they started praying and meeting together in a Bible study. And a few months after that, a group of people gathered in the, in the community center. And then a few months after that, we had staff that were hired. And, and it's just this cool thing, Right. And then we started supporting mission endeavors outside of these walls. And then there was a gift of land. And then my notes went flying on the floor. And then there was the building of phase one and then phase two and then phase three. And then the gift of more land. If you haven't heard, we got the 20 acres given to us to the north of us. And we sit every Sunday that we have provided for. We drink coffee that, that we have provided for. Mm. And we have often said of Timberwood, thank you. Thank you for the generosity with which God has been gracious to you in your lives. And we could easily make it about us, right? We could emphasize the we, but, but it's about him, right? When, when someone comes and says to you, oh, wow, your church is really doing a good job. I'm like, it's not my church. When, when someone comes to me and says, well, I can't wait to get back to my church. It's not your church. It's not our church. It's his church. Let's just have good ecclesiology. Let's have good theology. The church is not ours. It's his. It's Jesus Christ. We are invited to participate in this grand and glorious thing, but it is his. And even though we've been a little remote, we've been a little online, a little distance, like we said last summer, the road's going to be a little bumpy. We're the local church. And when I read this text, I think of us. And we seize the opportunity. We, we pursue excellence, not perfection, of our church community. Ta just take a look around. Everything that you see is a reflection of God's graciousness in allowing us to be together, in allowing us to be in this place. Take a look around and celebrate a generous history. Better yet, join a generous history. Philippians, starting the second third of four, with verse 14. Did you like what I did there? Having fun with numbers. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. 
And you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, Paul's talking, okay? The beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit, sharing in the trouble. Amazing what happens when you have one person doing a job, and then you have two people doing a job, and then you have three people doing a job. So last Saturday, right? Okay, we're, uh, it was a nice Saturday, okay, a week ago yesterday, and so, you know, let's put some dock sections in, and so the, the plan was Tanya and I were going to put some dock sections in, and, and I don't know why, but I was a little grumpy, I was a little surly, Sometimes that just happens, you know. I was just a little grumpy, you know. And so I went down first, and I was like wrestling one dock section by myself, trying to get it in, you know. And and, and then pretty soon, Tanya, and then we had a good time, right? We put in. When you move from one person trying to wrangle a dock section to two people trying to wrangle a dock section, it's it's better than a hundred percent increase. It's absolutely amazing. So we got a bunch of sections in, right? And then the next day. Anna was able to help, okay? Even though that Saturday was a nice day, Anna has informed me on most nice days she's pretty busy. <laughs> it was so great earlier this year. I'm like, hey, you know, if we, if we had a day where we could put the dock in, would you be interested in helping? She's like, well, yeah, well, what kind of day would you be interested in doing it? And I said, well, it'd be a nice day, thinking, you know. She's like, I'm pretty busy most nice days. <laughs> Fair enough. Tough to argue with that. I mean, how do you? But the next day, right? Anna was able to help, and we finished getting the dock in. And, and we still need to toss in a lift and a couple of canopies, but there exists a loose affiliation of millionaires and billionaires to help me do that. Hashtag Paul Simon, hashtag Graceland, hashtag Boy in the Bubble. Sharing the load, spreading the weight, lifting alone versus lifting with someone else. Paul says thank you. And like I said, when I think of these three verses, I think of Timberwood Church. Thank you. Sharing the load, spreading the weight, not lifting alone, lifting with someone else, helping, asking for help. All, all the things that we share, right? And some of them are super easy, like, like volunteering, okay? Or, 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 or just being around or, or, or just being together. Some of them are really hard, right? We, we share the hard things. We share things like, like divorce. When you're going through that painful process, you don't have to be going through it alone. Death. Going through the death process. Losing a loved one. It's something that we don't have to go alone. It's something that we can share. Disaster in our own small, tiny corner here. We've experienced that, right? Bad things happening naturally. all the things that we can share and all the opportunities. And Paul says, thank you. It was kind of you to share my trouble. Now, now clearly, Paul is talking about the financial. And this is not to distract from anything that he said last week in the previous verses, right? All the things that I have said are true. God provides. I have learned to be in content, whether I have everything that I need or I have nothing whether I am humiliated or whether I am honored. All those things are true. And this truth is also true. Your gift made a difference to me. 
And while much can be said, we are right in thinking that this gift was financial. And I know I'm going to jack with some people a little bit when I talk about money. But, but know this much is true. H- how we spend money, how I spend my money that exists in my lives reflects mightily on the things that matter to me. Look at your credit card statement. Look at your checkbook. Do we even use checks? I write one check a month. I'll let you guess who that's to. Well, I'll tell you, Timberwood Church. We'll get back to the whole idea, but know that, that how we spend the money that exists in our lives, and notice I didn't say how we spend our money. How we spend the money that exists in our lives reflects mightily on the things that matter to us. Verses 15, 16, something that they already know. You Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, going back, there was this generous history. When I left Macedonia, where he was with the Philippians, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving. Paul has some reasons for that. We won't get into it this morning. But the church at Philippi was like, no, we're going to help out. Even when he was just a little bit further south on the, on the peninsula, when he was in Thessalonica, he needed help. And they provided that needs. Paul says, I, I want to remind you of the things that are true. Paul says, no one, he goes a little bit, Alicia Keys on the bit, Hell's Kitchen, all that stuff. No one, no one can get in the way of what I'm feeling. No one can get in the way of what I feel for you can get in the way of what I feel for you. Alicia Keys, you know, right? I appreciate the smiles. Paul says, hey, I see you. I remember you. And it's critical, right? Because part of what Paul is addressing in this letter is some challenges that are existing in the church. And he's like, hey, come on, let's work this out. Let's figure this out. And as he closes, as he shuts down this letter, he brings them back to the beginning and says, here's the common ground that we stand on. Look at the thing that we've done together. And isn't that togetherness in the name of Jesus Christ so much greater than any challenges that the Philippian church is facing? It's this common ground. It's it's, it's me, it's you, it's us. We're in this thing together, Paul is saying. And even though the Philippian church is sorting through some challenges, some conflict, it's amazing to me, and and it happens, okay? It happens right in my life. How will I allow conflict in the midst of a historically strong relationship to define a future reality? Say that you're a lifelong Ford guy or a lifelong Chevy guy, right? And then one day you buy a Ford, okay, you drive it off the lot, and it breaks down, and you're like, I'm never driving another Ford again. This is crazy. This is crazy. No, you're a Ford guy. You're a Ford gal. Paul's saying, no, don't let that be the sad postlude. Paul, like most in the situation, might advise, can we have a conversation? Can we get this relationship back on the tracks? And Paul goes a long way and says, remember how much we have invested into each other's lives. 
And is that not greater than anything that we face? Remember, we are in this together. And I find that incredibly comforting because sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's so easy to get sideways with a friend and think that that one-off conversation, that one-off experience should should be a future-defining reality for the relationship. Paul says, please, we're in this thing together. Verse 17, talking about fruit. I I was thinking of like, like fruit, like, and so I was thinking of fruits that were roughly the same size but would be different. So I thought of grapefruit, I thought of pomegranates, but then I didn't make it to Cub Foods yesterday, so I was at Schaefer's Foods. Oops, I should have flipped that with my toe. And they didn't have any pomegranates, so then you're like, you got pomegranate juice, but juggling with something that's a different size is a different trick, right? But see, if you're really good, you can still do it. Oh, okay. Should I... You want me to try to drop it in? You're shake. You were like, here, throw it to me. I'm willing to deliver. Ah, oh, come on. Tanya would be mad at me. I'll give it to you after the service. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Now, now this can be a bit challenging, right? It can be like one of those mission letters you get when, when the person says in the missions letter, what I really want you to do is pray for me, and if you want to support me financially, oh, you can mail it to this address. Have you ever gotten those? And you're like, you, <laughs> you kind of just wish they would say, uh, I really need money, and if you think about praying for me, that's fine. Because the money's the thing that's going to buy the plane ticket, right? Don't you think that when you read those? There's a little bit of me that thinks that when I read those. And maybe I shouldn't be such a cynic when it comes to these sorts of things. And the cynic here kind of makes me go, yeah, Paul, but if you still get the gift, aren't you a bit conflicted? I mean, isn't there a conflict of interest here? Yeah, I want you to get the credit for the gift, but I want to get the gift. I understand the skepticism. But again, within the context of a relationship, what do we do with this stuff like this? Is it Paul just attempting to explain away his self-serving nature? Is there something in Paul that is not genuine? I mean, everything that we know about Paul. Okay, Do we honestly think that Paul is in it for himself? I mean, the the church at Philippi would be like, okay, no. I mean, here's a guy who gave, who gave, who gave, and gave, and gave, and gave, and gave to the cause of Christ. And please, don't think I'm trying to make a connection between me as a person and Paul. Don't make that connection today. Please don't make that connection. Do we think that Paul is being disingenuous? Or do we think he really means what he says? 
that the benefit that accrues to the giver is greater than the benefit that accrues to the recipient. Everything that I know about Paul, everything that I know about his life and his work and his teaching, pulls my cynicism and puts it over here. And that he really means what he says. That the benefit that accrues to the giver is greater than the benefit that accrues to the recipient. And I think anyone who's honestly given to God knows that to be true. I think there's also a joy that Paul experiences when he sees a group of people doing the right thing. And like it or not, and you can disagree with me on this one, I'm used to people disagreeing with me, being able to give something away is a powerful indicator of the condition of our hearts. Being able to give something away is a powerful indicator of what we truly worship. Being able to give something away is a powerful indicator of what is truly in control of our lives. It shows a level of commitment to something outside of oneself. It shows how temporal things are in their proper perspective. The fruit that we possess, the fruit that we give away, the fruit that we produce. See what I did there? Fruit, produce. That's for you, Steve. I know you like that kind of stuff. The fruit that is created, you are fruit. Okay, maybe I'm carrying this a bit too far. Historical fruit. Uh, a, a generous history. And Paul knows the more we live with a kingdom perspective, the more that we truly live. Part of this pulls this all back to the beginning, okay? Or maybe not to the beginning, because to go back to the beginning would be really difficult, right? Because if we even think of the beginning of Timberwood Church, that's really not the beginning, because the beginning of Timberwood Church is actually starting in the 80s when this couple prays for Timberwood Church, right? But really, that's not the beginning either, because both of those people had a beginning, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so we have this regression until we get to the beginning. And when we stand at the beginning, where do we stand? We stand with God creating, God eternally existing. And so if we want to start with the beginning... This is not mine, even though I bought it. This is not mine, even though I bought it with the money that I earned. Well, actually, I bought it with an expense account, so maybe that doesn't exactly track. <laughs> this isn't yours. <laughs> How about that? That makes sense, right? You get what I'm saying, right? Do we live starting with the perspective that all I have is mine and I get to choose? 
Or do we live with the perspective that all I have is His and He gets to choose? And to be sure, there are people who have made a decision to follow Christ and it has ended in some pretty, pretty wild outcomes. But the vast majority of people throughout the history of the world that have chosen to follow Christ, that have said, I want to live with the perspective that all I have is His and He gets to choose, God has blessed, God has rewarded, God has created, God has provided, God has given the ability to be content in whatever situation. And maybe God's asking me to sell everything that I have and go to some remote desert island. As long as it's warm, I'm probably in. But more than likely... God is asking me to live in the community in which I live, enjoying the things that I enjoy, living with a perspective that all I have is His and that He, He gets to choose. Please pray with me. Father, thank you for this text. And I am truly grateful that I get to be a part of Timberwood Church. And as much as we love this local body of believers that's called Timberwood, we know that you and your Son and the Spirit love it more because it belongs to you. And so we thank you, Father, for a history of generosity for the people that have made this reality but more important than that, we thank you for the graciousness with which you have provided a history of generosity. And we look for opportunities to produce fruit, Father. We look for opportunities to engage with a kingdom perspective. We look for opportunities to follow you with all that we have. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I invite you to please stand and let's sing.